Hello everybody, my name is Michael and welcome back to Last to First. Well, the 2023, I mean 2024 season is finally upon us and like my joke there, it is basically part two of 2023. Um, but regardless, it's exciting to have Formula One back. I am ready for the season ahead. It's going to be a super long season, 24 races. And yeah, it's hard to believe that we're going to have Red Bull dominance for 24 races for the longest season ever. But nonetheless, there are plenty of good things happening behind Verstappen and the rest of the field. So let's get into things. So like I mentioned, uh, Verstappen and Red Bull picked up right where they left off in 2023 and uh, might be worse than ever, to be honest, because there was a 2020 or a 22-second advantage over Sergio Perez, which is insane for uh, teammates. Um, and last year, it was 12 seconds um, and then an even bigger gap uh, behind the Red Bulls. So absolutely insane uh, to consider that. But Perez in behind was super close. Um, so I guess that gives us some hope uh, for the future. But really, it's less of Red Bull dominance and more Verstappen dominance, which was the case last year, but it looks to be ever more apparent because Verstappen was just on another level. And I think uh, second place in the championship is really going to be up for grabs um, if Perez keeps having some not-so-good qualifyings uh, like I anticipate him having throughout the year. Um, but that battle for first I think is going to be pretty unlikely as sad as, it, as sad as it is not to be too doom and gloom after the first race of the season but I suppose we have to be realistic uh, to be fair though uh, it's not at all common for there to be really intense title fights I mean even going back to um, 2017 2018 2022 um, all the title fights kind of fizzled out after halfway through uh, 2021 was really an outlier and something that we may not see again for quite some time so it's not something that always happens in formula one this is just part of the normal cycle of formula one where one team gets things right and yeah there's dominance for a while um, so we just got to power through and hope the other teams can take a bigger step um, but yeah, this year's Red Bull just seemed to really move the goalposts goal um, when it was unveiled with some of the big changes that they made. I think people were thinking that maybe they would trip up. Um, I didn't anticipate that happening. Um, they're too too educated on these uh, on these regulations to really mess up. Um, but they just seem to really revolutionize the car and just take it an even step, uh, another step forward, which is which is hard to believe. Not showing any signs of any type of ceiling um, in these regulations yet. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show how well uh, Red Bull understands their car and understands the set of regulations. Everything they throw on the car seems to work, and then it just works well. They do have to kind of work their way throughout the weekend. Um, they're not necessarily extracting the most performance out of it immediately, but by the time the race comes in qualifying, uh, they're right there and they are ready to dominate. Even though, you know, I think most people anticipated uh, this result, and I did too, uh, it's still definitely tough to stomach uh, that I think we're going to see a lot of this for, for the remainder of the season. Um, but luckily, there will be great battles uh, behind with the other 19 drivers fighting for really every single scrap of points um, that there are. It's so tight um, for the other 19 drivers, um, and there will be lots of lots of things to look out for and lots of exciting battles ahead. 
the race itself wasn't so good, unfortunately. There wasn't much overtaking or much strategy. Everybody literally started on the same tire, moved to the um, same tire for the second stint, and there was some change in the third stint, um, but not enough to uh, disrupt anything or, or create that much change, which is which is pretty unfortunate. I've said it before, and I'll be happy to say it again. I'm not overly pleased with these ground effect cars um, in this new era. I think they worked for about a half a season in 2022, and ever since then they have just not been good enough. Um, even though the pack uh, or the the field is closer than ever, um, the cars are just they just can't overtake. I mean, they're um, very clumsy. They're overweight. They're big. Um, DRS is not nearly as effective as it used to be. Um, so people are just getting stuck in DRS trains, and it's really disappointing to see. Um, and the fact that the FIA isn't doing anything to kind of crawl back um, some of the problems um, that development has arisen um, is pretty unfortunate because these cars were meant to be better overtaking and... I feel like 2020, 2021, um, they were able to overtake a lot better, and particularly in 2022 um, as well. So it's unfortunate. I'm surprised they're not doing anything. I don't necessarily want to see something peg Red Bull back um, in particular, but just in general, they need to um, do something to get these cars under control because it's just not, uh, not working as anticipated. Now, there was some fun drama at the end of the race with the RB pair having a bit of a civil war, and uh, that created some fun on uh, <laughs> on Twitter and all the social media. Um, yeah, one race into the new season, and the red or the RB pair are already having beef. Yuki doing Yuki things. He was angry about team orders. Um, so at the end of the team or at the end of the race, he decided to dive bomb Ricardo on the cooldown lap. Um, so that's cool. And uh, he ended up locking up, which I thought was just ironic and funny um even on the cooldown lap Luki, yuki can't control himself um and then after he locked up and went past ricardo he came back and flew right past him again and almost hit him because he decided to move over into ricardo um and yeah just showing why yuki is is who yuki is that's just that's just who he is um he's always been like this he's been a hothead uh who doesn't have enough pace to back up his hotheadedness and I'm not sure why everybody is surprised, to be honest. Um, this is just, just what Yuki does. Um, it'll be really important for the RB team principal, Lauren Mackey's, to get a handle on this quick. Um, they don't need a civil war at the beginning of the season. So it'll be important for him to really get things straight and make sure that uh, the two aren't going to be crashing into each other um, for the rest of the season here. I think this just goes to show one of the many reasons why Red Bull just doesn't have any faith in Yuki to promote him um, to the main team. Um, I mean, like, imagine if Yuki did that to Verstappen. Like, that would certainly never fly. Like, Yuki would be automatically devoted if that ever happened. So, yeah, Yuki's not making uh, his life any easier, not showing why another team should pick him up or why he should be uh, renewed again for next year. But... If this keeps up, who knows, Red Bull might mess around and throw uh, Lawson back into the mix in place of, of Sonoda. You never know. Crazier things have happened. Now, one of the more interesting parts of the race was actually Carlos Sainz. I mean, he was driving pretty, uh, pretty spicy, which was fun to see. He was really making the most interesting moves throughout the race. Um, he passed Leclerc twice in moves that were definitely not team orders. They were tight and close and 
really, uh, really fun to see. Um, he really had the upper hand all race, even though he was behind in qualifying. And Sainz just looked comfortable and confident, and he really liked um, the car that was underneath him, and he really deserved uh, that podium. He had a really great race. I mean, Sainz must be really angry and hurt that Ferrari decided to get rid of him, even though I feel like he's done a pretty good job for the past couple of years, and he's really like the perfect um, 1.5 driver for Ferrari. I mean, he's quicker than most number two drivers, like a Botas and a Perez, um, but he's not always quick enough to challenge Leclerc. So like in a real title fight, like he's probably not going to be there enough for the whole um, fight, but he'd be able to back up Leclerc enough. So I don't see, um, yeah, it still doesn't make any sense. Obviously Hamilton is one of the best ever. So like you can't go wrong having him in the car, but I feel like just for the long-term future, like Sainz still has more years ahead of him. He's been doing a good job. It's not a tumultuous relationship. Like Hamilton and Leclerc is more likely to bubble up with two alpha drivers than, than Sainz and Leclerc. So I'm not sure, but um, Sainz definitely is going to try to um, make his mark. Um, he really wants to uh, prepare himself or show off to the rest of the teams that he deserves another good seat. And I think he's going to do his best to have a really strong start to the beginning um, of the season so that he can get a good drive for 2025. I know Leclerc was struggling with some brake issues, um, which certainly led to him not being as competitive. But I don't think his tire wear was that impressive. He was quickly running out of the rear tires, um, which you know, uh, isn't necessarily affected by by the front locking that he was having. Obviously, the front locking was causing um, bad tire wear on the fronts there, but he just seemed to be very squirrely and all over the place. Um, and yeah, just overall, the tire wear didn't look too impressive. Um, overall, the Ferraris just kind of seemed pretty squirrely and on, on edge. They didn't seem too planted. Um, I feel like every time we were going to uh, a live feed of them they were kind of really wrestling with the steering wheel and and trying to force their way into it so we'll see how that plays out throughout the rest of the season um but Leclerc's struggles today really remind me of Spain 2023 I feel like there may have been um some other instances as well um but Leclerc was just nowhere in Spain um and he blamed it on the car and they ended up finding not a single thing wrong with the car um so I don't know. Maybe that's a similar case. Maybe it's not. I haven't heard if they did find actual braking issues um, at, uh, after the Bahrain Grand Prix or not. Um, but maybe it was just one of those off days with Leclerc where he was just nowhere and just uh, couldn't figure out where, where he was um, and couldn't get a handle on things. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, the hope of the season is that everything, all of the drivers, bar Verstappen, are so, so close. It's actually pretty crazy how close it is, um, particularly in qualifying. The entire field spread was just over one second, which is insane for 20 drivers, 10 different teams. Um, it just goes to show that just one single little mistake in qualifying can kind of make or break your day and make or break your race because you see if you're off by a tenth of a second even half a tenth of a second you might lose two three four positions um in qualifying which is really insane to think about so it'll be um awesome to see throughout the year how close this qualifying is how the order is really going to get jumbled up i feel every race because just the difference of having that one slightly better lap um, at the right time and just sticking it all together at the right time can really make or break things because 
just even one tenth of a second is uh, gonna separate you from maybe even pole or from second, third, fourth. It's, it's so tight behind. It's it's actually insane. Yeah, I think I think that closeness though is also having a problem uh, during the race uh, because the cars could barely overtake. Not only just because of the things I mentioned with the, these ground effect cars, um, but with everybody being so closely matched, it's tough to find an advantage to, or it's tough to find a good enough advantage to be able to pass. Um, cars typically need, you know, a decent chunk of advantage to be able to pass, and when they're this tightly matched, and DRS is not having that big of an impact, then it's going to be uh, pretty pretty tricky to pass. So hopefully we'll see in some of the coming races that the cars are 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 able to pass a bit better. Um, I mean, when there was a pace advantage, they certainly were able to get by, um, like signs, um, on Leclerc and Perez on a few drivers and stuff like that. So it's certainly possible, but overall it just seemed like everybody was getting stuck in DRS trains, which, which is no good. Um, even like we saw Russell was ahead of, um, like Leclerc, Sainz, and Perez at the beginning of the race for quite some time, and he had no DRS. But even in the Mercedes, which is one of the still one of the slowest cars in a straight line, he was able to stay ahead of all those drivers who all had DRS, which is kind of surprising. So that just goes to show how not so strong the DRS is now. Yeah, either way, super close. Um, bit of a pecking order um, that I wanted to talk about too here. Red Bull obviously are clearly number one. Um, Ferrari look to be second, um, but it's kind of tough to say. They're definitely far off Red Bull, but not too far away from like the Mercedes and McLarens behind. Um, it seems like it could go either way with uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, and McLaren. They're just so tightly matched that whoever um, strings it all together on the right weekend might be the ones ahead. But overall, it does seem like Ferrari has, has a bit of a, a, a bit of a pace advantage, um, probably with Mercedes. Um, Kind of right there with Ferrari or a little behind and then probably McLaren a bit behind Mercedes there um, either way super close I think Mercedes is still kind of a dark horse like they had obviously good qualifying pace and then before Russell was having the power unit struggles um, he seemed to be pretty quick and kind of keeping up with the Ferrari so um, yeah I feel like we still don't really know the true pace of that Mercedes as they're kind of figuring out their new concept um, but behind McLaren, it seems like Aston is kind of in their own world. Um, they're kind of on the outer reaches of points, but still have a good qualifying car since um, Alonso did get it up there, I think, in the sixth, which was pretty good. And then behind that, it <laughs> just continues to be super tight. It looks like kind of like Haas, uh, RB, and Williams all seem to be right there. Um, maybe Williams and Haas, Haas a little more. Um, the Haas is surprisingly quick. Um, they weren't really able to show, um, I think, everything, uh, all of their pace this weekend, but they're definitely going to be a dark horse back there, surprisingly. And Williams overall seems to look pretty impressive. I was pretty disappointed with RB. Um, they didn't seem to quite have the pace that I think most people were anticipating uh, with the RB 2.0 um, tag or pink Mercedes that some people want to call them, call them that, even though they're not at all that. Uh, they certainly have some Red Bull elements and more Red Bull parts, but um, they're definitely not a pink Mercedes situation and clearly not with the pace that they were showing. Um, but yeah, then it seems to be Sauber and Alpine. Um, at the back end of things and boy Alpine continues to have their struggles with some more um, people departing um, and resigning so 
not looking good for Alpine. Who knows? Maybe uh, Andretti will come in and uh, buy up Alpine. I would like to see that. It would be fun. Now, on top of the field being so close, there wasn't a single DNF uh, throughout the race, which is actually insane. And even under normal circumstances, that's pretty impressive. Um, but particularly for the first race of the season, for there not to be a single crash or uh, well, a single crash that led to a DNF or any type of reliability problems um, is really insane. I mean, it's crazy to think about how reliable these cars are nowadays. Even though there were some struggles um, for some of the teams uh, in preseason testing with some reliability concerns, they all seemed to get on top of it enough to where um, they didn't have any type of uh, any type of struggles. I wonder. I don't know. Uh, the stats behind this, um, but I wonder if there ever has been a time maybe, um, or when was the last time that uh, the opening race of the season didn't have a single DNF because that's pretty insane to think about. So let's take a look at my beautiful predictions that I made before the start of the race weekend. And I don't know, I feel like for my quality and race predictions, I wasn't too, too far off. Um, but I certainly was wrong. <laughs> so my qualifying predictions, I had Leclerc in, on pole, Verstappen second, Sainz third, Russell fourth, and Hamilton fifth. And the actual results were Verstappen and uh, Leclerc second, which those, are, those two are always kind of interchangeable in um, qualifying. So I think that's a, a pretty good win for me. Uh, Russell ended up getting third. Uh, signs fourth so once again just kind of flip-flop there and then Perez uh, wound up fifth and Hamilton was nowhere to be found like I thought he would be uh, a bit better but he was in ninth I think he was now for the race I had predicted uh, a Verstappen win followed by Leclerc Perez signs and Hamilton and of course I was right about Verstappen winning that Perez actually wound up with a nice second place which was uh, good for him one two for Red Bull pretty impressive followed by uh, a podium for Sainz, who I thought that Leclerc would be the one bringing home a podium. So a really good race for Sainz. And then Leclerc to bring up fourth, and Russell uh, wound, up, wound up being the stronger of the Mercedes pair and wound up in fifth. Um, so Russell having a strong start to the season, which is something that he really needs. Um, he also out-qualified um, Hamilton, but that's something that he really needs so that he can really wrestle this team away from Hamilton um, since Hamilton is going to be leaving. I'm sure Russell wants to make this team his own, particularly if uh, Kimi Antonelli um, comes into the team next year, um, being the prospect that he is. Russell will really want to keep the, keep the team uh, in his control. But we'll see. The first um, F2 race weekend, um, Kimi Antonelli didn't seem to do too, too well. I wasn't able to watch it all, um, but I didn't hear too many impressive things from him. But from the sounds of it, from previous um, categories that he's been, normally takes him a couple races uh, to kind of get warmed up into the series and get going. So I expect we'll see him do a bit better in the coming races. So for my bold prediction of the weekend, I feel like it was pretty bold. I thought there would be a McLaren double DNF, and well, yeah, definitely did not happen. There was not a single DNF throughout the field, and McLaren seemed to have no reliability concerns um, and had decent pace overall. Um, so that's kind of surprising since um, I thought they would have some type of issues since they were having issues in preseason testing. But Mercedes really ended up being the ones that were the most worrisome because of the power uh, unit that was overheating. So that's definitely a concern, particularly because um, 
the race was actually kind of cool for normal Bahrain standards. So when they go to Saudi next weekend, it's probably going to be even warmer, um, which will probably lead to Mercedes having to open up some more cooling vents, which will in turn um, make them a bit slower because it'll be a bit less aerodynamically efficient. So we'll see how that all plays out next weekend. For my masterclass of the weekend, I had RB, and they were definitely not a masterclass. They, in fact, have started a civil war, and they looked much slower than anticipated. Um, they had their drivers uh, at each other's throats, not interested in each other. Um, Ricardo is just kind of like, I think he's just kind of like dumbfounded by it. He's like, what is wrong with Yuki Sonoda? And then Yuki is just being his normal hothead itself. So maybe that'll provide some entertainment throughout the season, which would be fun. Um, but overall, yeah, RB strategy wasn't the best and just wasn't a super strong uh, season opener for them overall. So definitely not a masterclass for RB. The disaster class of the weekend, I had McLaren. I doubled down on them and doubly lost. <laughs> They don't seem to have the pace to be the second quickest at the moment, but they certainly aren't far off. Um, at the moment, they seem to have their reliability concerns under control. And yeah, just none of that manifested um, throughout the race, which is good for them. Um, they at least had a much stronger race uh, this year compared to the last two years. That was one reason that I thought they would not do so well this weekend because of their struggles the past couple of years. Even though obviously the car is a lot more competitive this year than the past two years, I still thought they, they would struggle. It doesn't really suit their cars that well. And I believe it was Piastri who did mention that as well, um, that it doesn't particularly suit them. So I would imagine um, in the coming races with uh, some of the uh, tracks that fit their car a little better, that they're going to be right up there um, fighting for best of the rest. So that is the Bahrain Grand Prix done and dusted. First race of the season is already over and already we move on to look ahead towards the Saudi Grand Prix. It is only one week away, another Saturday race, which is going to feel weird again. This time uh, I should be able to watch it live, which is going to be exciting. And uh, I'm ready to get the second race of the season uh, underway. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Look out for my driver ratings coming out next and then uh, for my Saudi Grand Prix race reaction um, and review as well. So thank you everybody for tuning in and I'll see you guys in the next one.